This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Taping a little bit later in the week than normal. I know probably a lot of our loyal downloaders are um, having withdrawal that they didn't get the show right away uh, when it goes live on Wednesdays. And uh, we're here Thursday night taping this show as, you know, we held back. There were some things going on and we wanted to make sure we could talk about everything going on uh, with with you, our loyal listeners here, Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus. And guys, let's get right to the, you know, the roster news. I mean, it never, never stops for Nebraska football. And, you know, the kicker position was an adventure last year. It was a mess in all things, really, when you look at six different guys kicking extra points, field goals for the Huskers in, in 2019. Well, um, this week we learned that Barrett Pickering is going to go on medical scholarship. He had a hip flexor injury. Um, and then Matt Waldock, who they found from the club soccer team, who was working at a nearby Haymarket establishment, I believe as a waiter um, as well, um, was a guy they added to the roster as well. And he kicked four field goals and I think nine extra points uh, for the Huskers last year. Both those guys won't be back. Pickering, medical. Walduck, you know, is a guy that he said, I came to Nebraska just to be a uh, student and play club soccer and work at le- uh, work at a restaurant and enjoy college. And, you know, I just, this is not for me. I don't want to go through the, the thing. So, you know, your two most experienced p- kickers today on paper gone. Um, and, you know, that is a big deal. It was a big deal last year. And at least on the surface, it feels like a pretty big deal right now, Robin. Yeah, on the surface maybe, but in the grand scheme of things, I think the writing on the wall was this way for a while. Um, you know, even if Barrett was going to be here or not, uh, I think that he's a guy that um, obviously the end of his freshman year, you know, he turned a corner after a very rough start and uh, was kicking the ball really, really well. And so there was a lot of high hopes going in uh, to this past season, and obviously injuries kind of derailed that from the beginning and. You know, with kickers especially, there's a trust factor involved. You know, in such a high-pressure position, uh, you know, the coaching staff needs to know they can count on you. And I think that that kind of wavered a little bit, you know, maybe to no fault of, of anyone, but that was kind of the situation going in, which I think is a big reason why they brought in as much competition as they did this past offseason uh, to bolster that room. And obviously with Matt Waldock, you know, he was kind of an emergency situation to begin with. And, you know, for a guy that didn't want to – if your heart's not fully into football, which I don't know if his was. Uh, that's a lot of extra stuff to commit yourself to on top of being a student. Yeah, it's one thing to get called off the streets and immediately join the team and right. get a kick. Then all of a sudden – Going through these Navy SEAL workouts. By the way, Matt, <laughs> I want you to meet our strength coach here. Yeah, here's a trash can you're going to be throwing up into every other day. So, yeah, so I, I understand that. And, and again, I think that this was going to be a wide-open competition even if Barrett was still in the mix. So uh, it's crazy to think that your two most, I guess, quote-unquote productive kickers are now no longer in the equation. But I don't know how much that necessarily changed what the competition was going to be for 2020. Well, and they were – I think they were wanting something to happen here. They're, they expected some shakeup. But just by the way they went about recruiting kickers in, in this walk-on class that they just signed. I mean, you don't bring in a junior college All-American kicker and Chase Contreras from Iowa Western um, to have him be the backup. And, and he's already on campus. He's going through workouts. Uh, sounds like he, you know, sounds like he's uh, he's doing very, very well. And then, 
you know, they went to uh, to uh, Oklahoma to get Tyler Crawford, who's more of a kickoff specialist, but can also be a place kicker and punter. They and they're bringing in a, a, another punter, um, you know, out of IMG Academy. I mean, they are they're they brought in some some new bodies to kind of force the competition and, and increase depth. And so, I mean, it was pretty clear that I think they expected some guys to move on. Uh, maybe not this soon, but but I think it was inevitable. Well, and Dylan Jorgensen, as we know, went to the portal. He left um, kind of as Nebraska went on their adding walk-on kicker spree this this off season. Uh, he went elsewhere, and uh, Lane McCollum, you know, who who kicked uh, the winning field goal, a little nubber off the tee against Northwestern. Um, he is still on the team, but he's he's going to play outside linebacker, is my understanding. Now he's no longer kicking i mean he just stepped in well, he they, did, yeah he didn't want to be a kicker no. he kind of did so out of necessity he came here as to and be he was hurt back, he, right? kicked, yeah. he kicked hurt um that was the interesting thing last year that he battled a leg injury um so yeah it's been a roller coaster and you hope uh chase Contreras can be what they think he is or maybe maybe guys you look for you got two available spots to use maybe a grad transfer kicker becomes available maybe you find pat smith remember pat smith uh-huh. came in from western uh-huh. illinois um, got the legendary speeding ticket uh, crossing the the border into Nebraska, and, and the the guy said, "Oh yeah, you're the kicker recruit. I'm gonna let you go. Go to Nebraska." And then went on to have a great season um, and won won uh, the Penn State game for Nebraska. Kicked um, won the Gator Bowl, arguably for Nebraska. So if you can get a guy like Pat Smith, that'd be great too. Well, and Sean, we've talked about this before, but like the kicker position at Nebraska, the reason why. They had that run that they did is because they had athletes at that position. I mean, even like an Alex Henry, he was a star soccer player. And, you know, I mean, they had dudes that could do other things beyond just kicking a ball. And so I think that going beyond this, you know, uh, feeder kicker camp school route is maybe more in Nebraska's best interest where you get guys, I mean, that, that can, you know, have some athleticism at the position and, you know, kick in tough conditions where it's not, you know, sunny beach, California, that you're doing all your kicking. I think that that is an important part of being a kicker at a place like Nebraska, where you're beyond just being kind of this uh, groomed uh, kicker only type of player. Yeah, and I've talked to Chris Brown at length about that over the years. And he said, Sean, he goes, yeah, these kicking things are great, but you know, sometimes you're limited as an athlete. You want guys that you can make better with upside potential, athletic ability, and then kicking, you know, into a net, like you said, mm-hmm. in, in Las Vegas or, you know, at a nice sunny beach type setup, you know, that's one thing, but doing it in, in front of people with a rush. In November and, with 30 mile an hour winds in your face. I mean, you, you remember Pat Smith. I mean, that guy kicked that winner. Game at, winner at Penn State. At, and it was like a 45 yarder in overtime. Um, and you know that was he had to kick it twice, and he mm-hmm. made both. I mean, so yeah, it's it's not easy, Nate. Well, yeah, and and that's one part of the reason why I like the fact that they got a kicker and Chase Contreras, who's who's from I think Missouri Valley, Iowa. He played other sports too. Yeah, and he played other sports. Uh, Tyler Crawford is from Oklahoma. He's from Broken Arrow High School in Oklahoma, one of the top programs in the state. Uh, and he was telling me when he when he was talk, talking about his um, his touchback percentages, he goes, "Now keep in mind that's in Oklahoma, and a lot of those, you know, I kicked into thirty mile an hour winds, and you know, um, and so he's dealt with the the uh, you know the elements and everything before. And I, I like the fact that they kind of are getting back to that. Um, and he's a he's an athlete too. He's played other positions, so um, yeah, I, I definitely think there's something to that. Whereas Barrett Pickering, you know, he's from Alabama, he, I mean, he was kind of a camp circuit guy, um, you know, and I don't know if he necessarily 
was uh, anything other than a kicker ever in his life. He just kind of came up. He got a concussion on the one yeah. contact he was involved in, yeah. um, and that allowed him to take his medical – or allowed him to take the uh, four-game redshirt rule because the Wisconsin game, right, he got hit out of bounds. Yeah, got, yeah. and I, I kind of feel for the kid. I mean, you cannot – I mean, in your in your wildest dreams, you, could you ever, like, draw up a, a season quite like he, he had? Now, some of it was because of his own fault, but, I mean – I mean, it was just a comedy of errors all the way around as far as the entire kicking situation played out. Well, you look at the numbers for Pickering, just to give you an idea how much his numbers dropped. On, on Pro Football Focus, they track depth and hang time and all that. Um, his average kick distance in 18 was 61.2 yards. It went down to 52.6. Mm. So he lost nine yards off his kickoff depth. And some of that they wanted it higher maybe, but the average starting field position for him on kickoffs last year, or 19 or excuse me, 18 was 24-yard line. And 19, it was the 41.2-yard wow, line. Geez. So 17-yard distance um, difference. Terrible. And then uh, as far as hang time goes, his hang time went from 3.71 to 3.51. So he lost .2 off the hang time. And you talk about gunners and angles coming down the field. Point two is a humongous deal. And you, know, you, you go back and look at other guys that Nebraska's had. They've been in hang times of four. Um, so they were already rolling the dice with a 3-7 guy, and he went down to a 3-5 hang time last year. Um, so, yeah, he wasn't getting it done. And, you know, maybe he would have – I mean, more. I, I think we all agree, you know, he, the chances of him getting beat out were probably pretty high. Yeah, and so for all the lamenting that's been done about Nebraska's special teams and what they need to do to fix it and the analysts and all that stuff, generally having really good kickers and really good punters makes – every bit of those units significantly better. It's weird how that works, isn't it? <laughs> when you talk about the kicking game, having good kickers helps. All right, guys, we're about 10 days away from spring practice. We're going to come back. We're going to just give you a few spring football appetizers and things to chew on here next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus as we talk some spring football. Um, guys, it's about 10 days away as Nebraska will open up practice on uh, Monday, March 9th. Um, you know, it's going to get two weeks in before spring break, and then they'll do three after. It's an April 18th spring game. Uh, close to 60,000 tickets have been sold already, so, you know, it's not – in that sellout range yet, but it, you know, e- easily could get to a sellout. Um, you know, when it's all said and done, I think a lot of people will wait for the weather. But you know, a lot of people, guys, are interested in, in storylines, quarterback particularly. Um, you know, I, I think at the end of the season, a lot of emotions out there. Um, you know, I, I think there was a, a strong cry to to go in a different direction at quarterback. But as as you move forward, it it just seems, at least my feel, is it's going to take a lot to unseat Adrian Martinez. I mean, someone's going to have to be decisively better. And this spring, I don't know how much we'll get to really see of Adrian, considering he did have off-season shoulder surgery. And um, just through my experience over the years, guys, with shoulder surgeries, those tend to take about six months uh, to to give a guy. And Adrian's had shoulder issues in the past. Yeah, and so it's his non-throwing, obviously. But still, I mean, I think you could see as the year went on, uh, the inability to capitalize on those deep throws. I think that was, I think that was a direct result of his injury. And so that surgery, obviously, I don't know even know what he's going to be able to do this spring. And so you want to talk about will there be a quarterback competition? 
it can't really be a competition if the front runner for the job isn't even able to go 100%. So this spring, I think, more than anything, will be an opportunity for the rest of that group to decide who is going to be the number one contender entering fall camp when Adrian is full go, ready to really compete for that spot. Uh, and if, you know, a McCaffrey or a Vedral or you know whoever it may be, is able to really open some eyes this spring, they might have some footing to uh, have a case uh, this fall, and you know we'll see what happens from there. But I'm with you, Sean. I think they're at a situation right now where unless something incredible happens over this offseason, it's Adrian's job to lose. And as long as he progresses off that injury the way that they fully expect him to and does what they expect him to do in fall camp, he will be the day, day one starter for the opener. Well, and I don't think you should lose a job to injury either. You know, I mean, he was dealing with an awful lot last year. Um, not new just, center. Yeah, not just the injuries, but new center. Um, you know, receivers. Yeah, receivers where the <laughs> – how often they were actually where they were supposed to be, um, you know, I, I think was is something that a lot of people probably don't don't realize that that probably wasn't happening very much. Maurice Washington not running the plays right. Yeah, I mean, I mean there, there's a lot. I mean, you can go there down. Was, yeah, there was probably. I mean, there's legitimately, and I'm not trying to make excuses for Adrian, but I mean, he had an awful lot on his plate, and that all contributed to his uh, to his play. And so, um, yeah, if you are Luke McCaffrey, Noah Vedral, um, even Logan Smothers, I, I think that this spring is is big for you uh, just to get the reps because Adrian's not going to be not going to be taking up a, a ton of those reps. And and then, like you said, Robin, I, I think that whoever kind of emerges out of that group is probably going to be the guy to to give Adrian, uh, you know, a good at the job in in the in fall camp. So and Logan Smothers is here, Noah Vedrill's here, Luke McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, yep. it's it's as good of a room, and then the walk-ons are about as good of a walk-on group as Absolutely. Nebraska's had. It's a good problem to have, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I I still think that you know it's going to take something pretty special this spring and summer from one of those guys to really put themselves in position to challenge Adrian Martinez for Week One. Now. If Adrian comes out and struggles out of the gates and, you know, throws three picks against Purdue or whatever it may be, and Bob Diaco lights him up, then we got a different conversation on our hands, and this staff may be forced to make a change for the long term. Well, and the other thing, too, is, I mean, if you're Adrian Martinez, even if you're not getting a ton of reps this spring, you better be on your game yep. and, and be ready to roll because that, that quarterback room is deep and talented. And so, I mean, if there was ever a time where – you're you're getting pushed as a starter that even though it, it may be his job to lose uh I, I guarantee you he's going to be on the ball and and doing everything he can to be ready to go uh come fall camp and let's stick on offense guys offensive line you know there's so much coming back they return every guy on that line um they bring in two more talented freshmen along with the six they redshirted um it, it's trending in the right direction I, th- I think what we're all curious now is Will the Matt Farniak to left guard move happen? Meaning, you know, he would probably take Hickson's job more than likely. And then will Bryce Benhart ultimately be ready to step in at right tackle? Then even Bo Wilson, you know, I think a guy like Ethan Piper could challenge him this spring. Um, can they create those battles? Can they create that competition where, you know, this line will look different in 2020? To me, I think the biggest X factor on that offensive line is Bryce Benhart. Is he going to be at the level where he can take that right tackle job 
and be a starter for the rest of his career and allow Farniak to move inside where I think most people feel that he is better on the interior. And I think he's just better not having to operate in so much space. Uh, if that's the case, the ripple effect is huge because obviously that changes not just one starting spot, but two uh, with, you know, like you said, Farniak probably uh, moving over the left guard spot. And then, you know, with the hype and momentum that Ethan Piper gained during that last that first season last year, he is well on his way to uh, giving Bo Wilson everything he can handle at that right guard spot. So um, there's going to be a lot of competition, but I think it starts with Bryce Benhart. What his progress over this offseason um, really ends up being, I think, will ultimately determine how much uh, changes and what types of shakeups we fully see by the time the season starts. And it's kind of fun to think about. I mean, I mean between – Brendan Hymas at left tackle and, and Farniak at left guard, if it happens. I mean, that's an awful lot of experience on that side. And then, you know, if, if the Piper-Benhart deal hap, you know, turns out to be the case on the right side, that's an awful lot of potential. Um, you know, and all of a sudden that the entire makeup of that offensive line is, is uh, you know, is pretty exciting. Uh, they haven't had that type of depth in a long time. I mean, and we haven't even mentioned guys like uh, you know, like Brant Banks. I know that they—that's a guy that I know Greg Austin is excited about. Um, you know, ever since he went from D line to O line, and, and he's really done a good job apparently. And um, you know, and, and there's a handful of, of up and comers that I, I think that uh, um, this is about as good a shape as the O line has been in, in in a long time. And they they wanted to do it this way. I mean, they're, they're trying to build this thing the right way. You could go quick fix and get JUCOs. I mean, Nate Nate and our recruiting guys have covered that extensively. Some of the targets they kicked the tires on, but they wanted to go this. Let's get the six six two eighty kid and let Duvall and let Ellis do what they got to do to get these guys ready to play against Wisconsin to play against Iowa. And it's a great plan, and and you hope that it's going to pay off here as as they bring in all these big bodies. Well, and you look at all the new faces they brought in, but the, maybe the biggest benefit is the amount of experience they have in that depth. I mean, you got a guy like Christian Gaylord or Brock Bando, or if there are shakeups, Trent Hickson or Bo Wilson that can step up and not only uh, return to their spots but play multiple positions and. That is such a luxury. As we've seen time and again, Nebraska's been burned on that, where you know one or two guys get stinged up on that offensive line and they just struggle to fill in properly, uh, you know, adequate depth. And I think that will not be an issue this year because not only do you have uh, a lot of numbers to work with and a lot of promising talent, but you have guys that have been in the Big Ten battle before. They know what it takes uh, to play at a Big Ten level, and I think that experience is as valuable as anything, especially in the trenches in this conference. Yeah, I think. You, you, I mean, you obviously have to win in the trenches in this conference, and um, and there are going to be injuries, or there are going to be times where guys are dinged up, and the just to not be scraping the bottom of the barrel uh, when that happens is is uh, kind of a game changer in in itself. And guys, you heard it here first: the newcomer in spring to watch, Alante Brown. You've been driving. I've that been train for a driving while, the huh? bus. I'm I'm excited to see, but I've heard a lot of good things about Alante Brown, Nate. Um, and I think the year of prep school actually did him really good. I think that's helped him. And, you know, it was a full-time year as a receiver versus quarterback, which he played. And who would have known, Nate? We were in that freezing cold Chicago Rivals camp that day, and he was out there as one of the quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And um, he wasn't even on our radar that day. Not at all. And because, I mean, as a quarterback prospect, he really wasn't on anybody's radar. I mean, he's always been an athlete first. And, and uh um, you know, Yet he had 50 touchdowns at Simeon as a well, quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he, he helped lead, lead Simeon to a, to a city section title or whatever it was. I think it's the first time they've won that in a long, long time. Uh, I mean, they're traditionally a basketball school. And so, 
Um, you know, and, and for him, I mean, he signed with Texas Tech out of uh, out of high school, and then decided to go the prep school route, and ends up being the top prep school receiver in the country. And, and now, uh, I think that he's matured to the point where uh, he should be able to step in and, and be able to to make an impact early on. All right, when we come back, Robin Washington, I'm going to talk some basketball. Uh, we'll talk about their latest addition, Kobe King, the transfer from Wisconsin. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan and Robin Washett now talking Nebraska basketball. And, you know, it's obviously not been the year Nebraska wants on the court, Robin. Uh, but they are kind of winning the off-the-court stuff um, as they continue to build this roster for the future years. And you heard Bill Moose on his radio show even say this week, I mean, everybody kind of knew this was going to be a rough year, a tough year. Uh, but Nebraska adds a very intriguing piece, Kobe King, um, out of Wisconsin. Um, he was one of the leading scorers for the Badgers this season. Uh, played a lot, I believe, right as a freshman, too, for the Badgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 34 games. So w- when you look at this edition, I'm going to do the old, what does it mean for Nebraska? As we, That's what we like to do here on Husker Online on our, on our uh, commit stories. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, obviously, first and foremost, this is a guy that – um, when he shows up on campus, he will boast as much, if not more, legitimate Big Ten experience than anybody on the roster, maybe uh, next to Thor, Thorby, and Arson. And so that in <laughs> itself, uh, I mean, that's extreme value right there. Uh, you know, for a team that's still trying to uh, acclimate to um, everything that the Big Ten entails, having a guy that's been through it to that extent where, you know, he played 34 games as a redshirt freshman. He played in a handful of games as a true freshman in uh, 2017-18 before, um, I think he played 10 games uh, before an injury sidelined him and he got a medical um, redshirt on that. Uh, But he's a big guard. He's 6'4", 200-some pounds, um, really stout. Um, You know, he looks a lot like, you know, a prototypical Big Ten guard. And so that versatility is kind of the name of the game for Fred Hoiberg. And, you know, you look at his shooting numbers. Yes, he was their second-leading scorer uh, at Wisconsin this season, uh, averaging about 10 points per game. But that's on a Wisconsin offense that is about as slow-paced as it gets in all of college basketball. And so averaging double figures in that system, uh, that's like averaging 13, 14 points per game at Nebraska. So um, I think that one of the reasons why Nebraska was so appealing to Kobe was because he's very familiar with Fred Hoiberg and what that system is all about. Um, One of his best friends from La Crosse, Wisconsin, a kid by the name of Matt Thomas, was a four-star high school recruit, uh, committed to Fred Hoiberg at Iowa State, and thrived, was a you know all-Big 12 player who went on to play in the NBA. Uh, and so Kobe's well aware of what that style of play is all about, and he thinks that that is far more conducive to his skill set than what he was doing at Wisconsin. I think that's why he committed to Nebraska without even taking an official visit here. And you, you talk about waiver. Um, I know there's still some things out there, but, I mean, it looks fairly promising Nebraska should be able to get Kobe King immediately eligible. Yeah, that's the hope. Obviously, uh, the circumstances surrounding his um, decision to leave Wisconsin Wisconsin, you know, there was a lot of layers to it, but I think uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, was uh, an incident where uh, one of the Wisconsin strength coaches, um, you know, used a racial slur. And that's all documented out there. Yeah, the Wisconsin Journal Sentinel kind of wrote about it, and um, you know, it wasn't directed like at players, but they, he said it around players, and you know, I think that, like I said, that was kind of the icing on the cake that uh, said this isn't where I feel comfortable and he kind of wrote that in his Instagram post announcing his decision to leave and so you know when whenever you get 
that kind of stuff uh, in your case, your your odds of getting a waiver are probably pretty good. You know, look at just Justin Fields. Uh, you know, that was when a, a baseball player at Georgia said something, and he got a waiver to play right away at Ohio State. So Nebraska feels pretty confident that he will get that waiver and be eligible right away. And that makes a very interesting backcourt dynamic uh, looking ahead to next season. Well, and let's face it, Robin, it's moving to get a one-time immediate eligible transfer anyway. We that is here within the next year or two anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, so if you have a legitimate waiver and we know the direction this is going with the football and basketball sports in general, um, I think the immediate one-time transfer um, thing is going to happen regardless. Yeah, and the one issue is that it's within the conference. But, you know, here's Wisconsin griping about that. And they got a guy by the name of Micah Potter on their roster that uh, transferred from Ohio State. So, you know. <laughs> Remember how bad Bo Ryan yeah. was about that? Didn't okay. they have that guy go to yeah. Iowa from Wisconsin? Bo Ryan's probably just grinding his teeth right now, the fact that he can't, you know, personally dictate where Kobe King's going to go to school and when he'll be eligible. Because uh, that, that was Bo, the Bo Ryan special for a while. Bo Ryan had that block list of mm-hmm. any possible team, uh, Wisconsin, like even the ACC Challenge challenge opponents were on there yep and so the, the tide has turned on the old badgers it seems so yeah i mean i think that that is certainly something that you know it's nebraska and waivers with nebraska generally don't go all that well but i think that you're right uh, that the way that the landscape of the transfer uh, whole situation in college basketball and college sports really is turning that i would be surprised if he did not get granted immediate eligibility you're listening here to the husker line shows we talk nebraska basketball and robin let's face it this season as we've talked about a lot you know it's it's a throwaway. Um, as you look at these final couple of weeks that remain, I mean, obviously Nebraska will have a winnable game here against Northwestern over the weekend. Um, you know, they're going to play in the the bunny bracket uh, early game and in, in the Big Ten tournament as well. A couple of road games to finish out with. I mean, what is the big picture goal here over this final few weeks? Yeah, it's funny because there's <laughs> you obviously want to get some positive momentum around the program, but. The reality is that the guys that are going to be playing over these next handful of games, a lot of them aren't going to be major factors next season, given the influx of talent that's going to be added to the roster with the three sit-out guys that are you know out this season, uh, the two junior college transfers, Kobe King, uh, and whatever else they're able to add with the 2020 class. Because while they're technically full on scholarships right now, they are not done recruiting for 2020. They are still actively recruiting players for the 2020 class, which leads you to believe that there will be roster attrition at the end of the season. So um, what that picture looks like as far as the roster and you know the potential rotation next year, that's still to be determined. And so, you know, the guys that are going to be on the court, you know, over these next few games, you know, what roles are they going to have? Because the good chance is that some aren't going to be here. Some aren't going to be playing nearly as many minutes as they're playing right now. And that picture that we're going to see for the rest of this season is going to look completely different next year. So maybe you look at it in small instances. Can Cam Mack continue to develop and become more of a stable leader? You know, I mean, we know he's a playmaker, but, you know, can he be a consistent guy that this team can lean on during hard times? Uh, Ivan Drago, can he continue to his rapid development over the last four games? He's been playing really, really good basketball, and he's finally starting to click a little bit uh, to where he's confident with the ball in his hands. Um, you know, he's going to end his career as the best freshman rebounder in program history. Uh, and so, I mean, there's a lot of potential there for a kid that won't even turn 18 years old until after the Big Ten tournament. So can he continue his development? Can Kevin Cross continue to show flashes? Those young core Thor. guys. Yeah, Thor. I mean, um, I think of all the guys, he could be as valuable as anybody, uh, you know, probably coming off the bench, but to have a senior 
senior with that much Big Ten experience who's played uh, and been thrown into it the way he has, I mean, that is an asset that every coach would love to have. So there are things that you can translate to next year, even if the starting group and the top rotation that we see the rest of this year probably won't have nearly that role next season. The transferring in basketball is already, you know, as, as bad as any sport. Can you imagine when and if they, they, they do the immediate one-time transfer rule, what your life's going to be like? Yeah, I mean, it'd be crazy, especially with the way Nebraska capitalizes with this staff on the transfer market. But, you know, if anything, I, it, would, it would actually probably be a good thing because then we wouldn't be left wondering about waiver situations. We wouldn't have a Shamil Stevenson where you were going into the season not knowing if a player is going to be eligible or not. And that's kind of been Fred Hoiberg's whole take on this thing. He's like, you know, I'm cool with it being a one-time deal or it being uh, a completely cr- uh, across the board, you have to sit out if you transfer. If you're going to do it, make it a baseline rule one way or the other. And, you know, they'll adapt uh, whichever way that rule goes. But, um, you know, as long as there's some sort of consistency with how those transfers and eligibility are determined, you know, I think Fred Hoiberg is cool with it. And they'll continue to capitalize on that market as much as anyone. Well, Robin, uh, it will be very interesting here down the stretch uh, to kind of follow these things out. But Kobe King, I mean, this is probably a day one starter next year when he gets into Lincoln. Yeah, I mean, that is a fair assumption right now, just because he wouldn't have come here if he didn't think he was going to be a prominent piece to this puzzle next season. Teddy Allen, maybe a day one starter right away. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, it's going to be debatable. Delano Banton, Shamil Stevenson. I mean, all those guys. Derek Walker. I mean, guys that uh, are going to be coming in here uh, with the idea that they're going to play significant minutes if not start. The problem is you're about the only guy in Nebraska that can just name all these names so easily. (laughs) I think for the fans, they're like, we just got to know this team. I know. That's the hard part. And now you're telling me I'm going to have to know a new team next year. Start over from scratch. So basically, you know, the old P.J. Fleck thing, that his first year was year zero. This is year zero for Fred Hoiberg. Year one begins next year. All right. Well, when we come back, we'll bring in Husker Line intern Ali Snow, and we'll take your questions in the mailbag. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. The show uh, segment brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill uh, with locations in Omaha and Lincoln. Get on into Tanner's, watch all the basketball, XFL action, all the sports this weekend here. Um, and now it's time for the mailbag segment. Husker Online intern Ali Snow joining us here in studio Ali, uh, lots of questions, lots going on. Uh, what do you have to lead us off with? So a lot of football today, but the first question is, if the one-time transfer rule passes, does Nuri Nueli immediately become eligible? So Nuri Nueli, I think, would have a le- decent case. I know they're looking at a waiver. Um, you know, his coach got fired at Colorado State. That in itself is not enough to get the waiver. Um, they, they just don't do that anymore, the NCAA. But his situation is unique. His host family lives in the Lincoln area. He's from Germany. Obviously, the host family he considers like his second family. So um, it is a lot for a young man that, that comes overseas um, and, you know, not having any family or relatives in Colorado, um, yet his whole support system in the States is right next to Lincoln. So he's got a decent chance. I don't know, Nate. Do you have a read on that one? I don't know. I mean, it, it depends on if, if Nebraska chooses to pursue it. I, I mean, um, if the now if the ruling gets put in place and implemented immediately, then I would think that, that they could go back and, and get a waiver for, for that. I mean, he, he left in good standing, I believe. I don't, I don't think that he um, 
had any sort of academic issues. He wasn't suspended by the team. And, you know, and obviously he was granted the waiver to, to leave in the first place. So, and those are all, you know, the kind of the prerequisites that the, this board is looking at. And in order for the, for you to be eligible for a one-time, you know, transfer without, you know, any type of penalty uh, in, in terms of your eligibility, you have to be released. You have to be in good academic standing and, and you can't be, um, you know, suspended or in, under any type of trouble uh, with your current team. And so, I mean, he checks all those boxes. So uh, it, uh, to me, it all depends on when, if and when this, this new rule gets passed. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, what do you have next, Allie? So just for clarification, how many kickers slash punters are actually on the roster? Well, you got Chase Contreras. As we know, Matt Waldock and Bear Pickering, both no longer here. Um, they're bringing in the kid from Broken Arrow, Nate. Tyler Crawford. Tyler Crawford. And I believe there's another walk-on from California, I'm not mistaken. From IMG Academy in Florida. And he kicks and punts or just uh, punts? I believe he's strictly a punter. So they're bringing in a, another kicker, another walk-on. So – they feel like they'll have way more options. They're going to be more prepared. I mean, yep. it doesn't feel like it's going that way right now. But let me tell you, they had no idea the Pickering thing last year was going to be the way it was. No idea. Yeah, this might be a situation, too, where they could maybe find help down the road, too, if if it becomes that type of a dire situation. Well, yeah, think about this. Pickering, leaving, uh, gives you an extra scholarship. Mm-hmm. You already had a couple that you could use in the transfer portal, so – who knows? Maybe you, maybe you look and explore the transfer portal, see if there is a kicker that that maybe uh, is out there. So, um, yeah, I mean this this whole situation may not be may not be done with, but I do feel like they are more prepared. Um, I mean, it, obviously, it was a point of emphasis with the uh, with the walk on situation. They, I mean, they they went out to get guys that could not only be a place kicker, but could also be a kickoff specialist, could punt, uh, g- could do a number of different things, and. Um, you know, and, and I think that you, know, you look at who's actually was doing some of the kickoffs last year when it wasn't Pickering, it was uh, Prist up, and I mean, you know, that's a punter. I don't know if that's an ideal situation because kicking off and punting are so different with your, you know, with what you're doing with your leg. But uh, yeah, I mean, th- they certainly address that in the off season, and, and I think it's going to be uh, you know moving forward or getting better for them. Name an offensive and defensive player who will be a playmaker next year. Someone that will just come up with big moments. Well, Wandell Robinson. I mean, that's that's the obvious one. I think for offense, if you get away from the quarterback position, um, defensively, man. I mean, there's a lot of ways you could go there. Um, you know, I don't know. That's the one thing that worries me about the defense. I don't think there is like that one just star. I mean, Ben Stilley to me is like the most established guy they have. Um, coming back, uh, Jojo Dolman's made plays, but I mean, you can go a lot of ways on that defense, and it could be a newcomer. Cam Taylor Britt is my Pick answer. The click. Yeah, because for one, the program chose to put out a, basically a highlight mixtape of him, you know, just out of nowhere. <laughs> so clearly, they're expecting big things from him, and he has that ability to make plays all over the field. So, um, you know, I, I think he is uh, a fairly uh, easy pick there and offensively I'm going to go Luke McCaffrey um, because I think that even if he doesn't win the starting job I think they're going to find ways to utilize him um, in some packages and maybe some some trick plays to where you want to talk about being a playmaker when he's on the field chances are the balls are going to be in, the ball is going to be in his hand yeah I think that uh, you could also probably throw Omar Manning in there uh, offensively because I you know with as highly as they think of him uh, but yeah defensively I think the two biggest like natural playmakers are Jojo Doman and Cam Taylor Britt. Cam Juice. Cam Juice. Who's yours, Al? You got one? 
Oh gosh, that's a tough one. Putting you on the spot. That's a tough one. Probably Cam. Cam. There you go. I like Cam just as a person. He's always nice too. He's got a big smile. Yeah, he's always smiling. All right, what's next, Allie? All right, so who should we most be excited about for the NFL Combine? Um, I think Lamar. I mean, that's the easy answer. Um, I think how he runs and how he performs. Um, he's got a chance to, to, you know, really improve his stock with his length and then how he runs. And if he does well, and I wrote this this week, I wouldn't expect him to work out at Pro Day on March 12th at Nebraska. I don't think he'll need to. Yeah, he wouldn't think so. And Darian Daniels, I think, has a chance to surprise some people. He shed a bunch of weight, didn't he? Uh, so he's really trimmed up. Uh, Over 20 pounds. Yeah, and so I, I think that he's, you know, kind of reshaped his body. And um, he had times this past season where he was downright dominant. I mean, there were plays that he made that – you know, we haven't seen a true nose at Nebraska make it a long time. So um, he'll probably be a, a day three pick, but uh, I think he's got an opportunity to make some noise. Yeah, I, I have to go with Lamar. I think that if he if he tests well, I mean, he could position himself to be, you know, maybe even sneak into the, like a second round type of deal. I mean, and I think scouts and, and GMs, once they see him in person and, and kind of get their hands on him at the Combine, uh, they're just going to love his size. I mean, uh, I mean, <laughs> everybody in the NFL wants a corner that's six two, you know, two hundred pounds or whatever he is. And I mean, he definitely looks the part. So if he goes out and backs that up with some good number numbers, uh, watch out. His, I think his stock is going to take off. And you speak about weight. I mean, how about this? Darren Daniels, I believe, came in lighter than the Davis brothers did. Jeez. So, I mean, That's that tells crazy. you how much Darian's really trying to shave off to run well at we the had, combine. I, th- I saw something on social media where uh, the trainer that he was working with, uh, he showed up at like 333, and he's he's down to like 312 or something like that right now. Trying to make himself a more versatile piece than yeah. just a, a nose plug. Just a, yeah, middle. just a plugger, yeah. All right, we got time, Allie, for you know, maybe one more. What do you got left? Favorite off-season thread. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> there are so many to choose from. <laughs> There's a couple that I won't even discuss on here because I've heard about them um, that have been really interesting. Um, gosh, where do we go on this one? Basically, just stay away from anything on the main board. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, You're that's going down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, I like uh, – <laughs> uh, there was one – oh, I can't remember which one it was. Nate, you're, you're good at these. Nate, Nate, you're begging. Hard. You're begging, asking like for advice on like where do you buy gutters at? You're like you. You like to test the scrolls. Well, hey, I mean, the bottom line is we got a lot of people in, in our great online community that do a lot of different things and that are experienced in in virtually everything. I mean, if if you ever need advice, you go to the Red Sea Scrolls, and there's going to be somebody who's pretty much an expert, or at least they think they're an expert on on something. So. I mean, during the off season, it's I mean, the the there's, a, there's a, I, I went down the rabbit hole of, uh, you know, a better call Saul thread the other day. Um, you know, there's always a good, you know, wh- what to watch on Netflix and, and, you know, best, uh, you know, best things to stream or, uh, best stakes. There was a yep. good, there was a good pet insurance thread. Pet insurance. Got, yep. That's always almost good. 40 responses. Uh, well, and the hot topic now is the uh, coronavirus. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. that's a lot of ways you can go with that. a lot of ways you can go with the coronavirus. So, I, I mean, it is a hodgepodge of, of anything you could ever dream of. Um, you know, the, the, remember the hot dog man at the football games. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good thread right now. So, um, yeah, the stock stock market is, is always good too uh, to see see what the the latest hot stocks are of the the scrollers. And you know, years ago, our our, our former colleague, the late Dwayne Rosard, he he tried to branch it off into an off topic board and just a serious board, and it like just was a disaster. Like we just all determined the Red Sea Scrolls needs 
the off-topic discussion because that's honestly what makes it the Red Seas Girls. Yep. I mean, that's what makes it the best online community of Husker fans um, in the country, in the world, um, because of just the flow of Nebraskans just talking about everything from what they love, Nebraska athletics, and everything else. Yeah, it's it's one of those places that can get you through the slow, dark months of the off season until football finally brings light upon all of our lives. Allie, it's always fun <laughs> it's eloquent, to <laughs> try to explain to our eighteen to twenty two year old interns about the scrolls and what they're walking into, and and you learn right away. Oh, I learned the hard way, right away. Welcome to the jungle is very <laughs> a fitting uh, intro. Sean and um, Blake are two new interns. They've they've so far. I mean, they've kind of treaded lightly on the scrolls. Grace just stays the yeah, hell away. You can't, oh, yeah, you can't tread too lightly though, because they'll call you out. Yep. Reynoldson and um, and Wheeler. and Wheeler. They they kind of took it on and oh, they Matt's they succeeded. On there all the time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Matt doesn't even work for us anymore. And yeah. He's a regular. He's a lifer. All right. Well, Allie, thank you for the mailbag. Uh, when we come back, uh, Nate and I will close the show with um, some recruiting talk. That's next year. You're listening to the Carolina Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, talking some recruiting. Nate, this segment of the Husker Online Show brought to you by our friends at Kugler Vision. Now, you were in Arizona last week. I understand you, you took up some top, top golf. Um, and I'm sure your new laser vis- uh, corrections uh, surgery you had uh, really helped you see the ball better than you have in a long time. Well, yeah, it definitely did. Not only did I did top golf, but I was able to get a round in um, at, a, at a nice uh, resort down there too. And it was amazing. First time I've been able to golf since the, the since the, my my vision correction. And um, you know, and, and you guys have been hearing me talk about how much I've enjoyed my my vision correction. Uh, but there's over 600 people that have given Kugler Vision a five star rating. Um, you know, it, it, Christine is one of the the more recent people to to give them a five star rating, and she said every time I have late follow-up the staff is fantastic friendly patient uh, are kind words that I would use to describe every person I encounter there uh, and, I, and I could not agree with her more every time you step foot in, at Kugler Vision they make you feel extremely important they know your name and are so uh, warm and friendly there it's not your typical cold doctor's office um, and, and I cannot express to you guys how uh, how much uh, I've enjoyed it uh, and, and I urge you to get out to, to Kugler Vision see what a, a consultation can do for you uh, and you can you can do that at kuglervision.com and our friend Steve Sipple just had his is done. I know he's yeah. loving it as well. But Nate, let's talk recruiting here as we wrap things up. Uh, we pretty much have wrapped up the in-state tour. We kind of always leave it open because there's going to be maybe a guy. I actually know of another few guys that we might be able to go see, but a bulk of the tour is in the books. Um, you know, you closed the week. You and Greg uh, were at Carney Catholic earlier in the week. Henrik Harburg. Now, I've seen Henrik before. Um, your first time seeing the young man in person. You've heard a lot about him. Your thoughts on this Carney Catholic gunslinger that just picked up a Central Michigan offer, and Nebraska is definitely watching him closely. Yeah, no doubt. I, I was extremely impressed. I mean, you watch the film, and and I mean, I mean he's extremely athletic. Uh, he's got a strong arm, and and you go, okay, well, yeah, this he's got some tools to work with here. And then you see him in person, and uh, I was even more impressed. He's a legit six four, maybe pushing six five. Um, you know, he's got size 17 shoes and, and these giant hands and, um, you know, so I'm not sure he, he could still be growing a little bit, but, uh, definitely, 
I think he's one of those kids that was still kind of growing into his body the past couple of years. Um, and, and I think that, you know, he's up to 190 pounds right now. And, and I feel like uh, he's going to continue to fill out. And, and um, you know, I think he's poised to have a, just a, a monster season for Carney Catholic there. And, and the offers that are coming his way, I, I mean, I don't see that slowing down. If anything, uh, it's going to pick up. I know they're expecting a lot of traffic to come through the school this spring. And, um, and, and I've seen this happen before. I mean, when you're when you're a quarterback in Nebraska, it's it's kind of hard, uh, and, and especially if you're in Kearney. I mean, if you're a school that's wanting to, to see you see that kid in person, you have to go out of your way to go see him. And so it's not like you can just drop in into Omaha, you know, at, at Epley and and get a rental and swing over and, and it's see. Close to three hours. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. So you have to go out of your way, and, but I think that you're going to see some schools do that, and, and once. Once he gets that big, big offer, you know, a Power Five offer, I think the floodgates will really open up. And once he gets out to some camps, and and uh, you know, and I think that's something that Nebraska is waiting on. I, I think that, I mean, they, they, I know that they have a legit interest in him, and uh, but they want to see him throw in person, uh, which I mean, every pretty much every Power Five school is gonna gonna want to see you do something in person, um, you know. Especially if you're taking one quarterback in a class, I mean, you better you better feel pretty comfortable about that guy. So uh, I think that they they want to see him throw in person, and you know, I, I honestly I wouldn't be surprised if if he ended up being uh, you know an, an offer guy for the Huskers. I, I think that he checks all the boxes. I mean, uh, he's a track athlete, he's a multi-sport athlete. Uh, he runs so well, um, you know, and he's so big. I mean, he's he's sometimes it doesn't look like he's moving all that fast, but. Uh, his, I mean, he's so big that he's he's eating up three yards at a time. It seems like with every stride. So, uh, really, really interested uh, to see what happens with uh, Harburg's recruitment going forward. Yeah, he's interesting, no doubt. Nate, you know, we know all about the guys Nebraska's offer. They've got as many offers out for really twenty and twenty one at this stage of the game as we've seen in a while. And even Western Iowa, you can kind of throw in that area too. But you know, there's another guy I came across a couple of weeks ago on the tour, um, Mike Leatherdale. Um, a kid out of Wayne, Nebraska. And, you know, he just recently won the Class B heavyweight title in wrestling as well. Um, he went almost 53 feet in the shot as a sophomore, um, was injured on the football field as a sophomore at a big junior year. He's another one, I think, when you look at in-state guys that could rise quickly, Mike Leatherdale is kind of another version of that, and he plays a premium position. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I totally agree with you, and he does play a premium position when you're talking about being a potential nose. Uh, I mean, he's got great size. He's 6'2", 300 pounds, um, and, and built extremely well. I mean, when usually when you're talking about a, a junior in high school that's 300 pounds, you, you, you say, okay, well, yeah, he's probably – Got some bad weight on him or whatever, but he's he's built extremely well. Uh, re- really, no no bad weight on him, and um, and I know that this is he is a, a kid who is on Nebraska's radar. Who's kind of gotten there maybe a little bit late, and I think maybe due to the fact that uh, you know he didn't have any sophomore film, and and then you know ended up putting together a big uh, a big junior season, but. Um, and then, of course, winning the, the heavyweight title for Class B uh, is, is only going to help his case. But I know he's he's planning on visiting Nebraska for their junior day on March 14th. And, um, you know, he's going to be another one that, that continues to see interest and in, in, uh, not just from the Huskers, but from a lot of regional schools, I, I would expect. Yeah, it'll be interesting if like a K-State or Iowa State, one of those type of regional power fives gets in Iowa, um, gets involved yeah. or – is it going to be more the group of five level? I mean, I think a lot of it, he's going to have to be seen. 
His coach is a guy that you worked with actually at Nebraska many years ago too. Yeah, Russ Plager and I worked together at Nebraska uh, way back when, um, early early two thousands, and and uh, you know Russ was an equipment manager for a long time, and then you know was kind of a uh, you know not a not a GA, but was kind of an intern maybe an analyst uh, for a while, and uh, got into coaching for a while, and I know he coached at Lincoln North Star for for a while, and, and the uh, college ranks too. He was, it, it was at TCU. T- was at TCU for for a while, uh, and so yeah, I mean. Uh, Russ, I mean, he's been he's been around the block. He knows he knows what a D one kid is like, and and I think Leatherdale is definitely you know he fits the mold. Um, you know, and, and to me, when I see you know when I've watched his film and and uh, when I see you know kind of how he's built, um, you know, if 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 Iowa came to Nebraska to get Nathan Budgeta, uh, I don't know why they wouldn't at least kick the tires on Mike Leatherdale. Uh, I, I mean, I think they're I think they're kind of cut out of the same mold, and, and Leatherdale might even be, be taller, be taller, and and maybe have more of the measurables so um it certainly think that he's got the potential to become kind of a power five uh candidate and another guy as we wrap up nate here that is kind of uh seeing his stock rise cole payton the quarterback at omaha west side yeah west side obviously they've got a handful of prospects but cole payton the quarterback uh another multi-sport kid uh really good baseball player too but uh, just picked up an offer from Northern Iowa this past week, and and I think that's going to be a situation where he continues to get more and more interest. And you, you look at his numbers. Uh, well, first of all, his his size too. He's got great size, just like Harburg. Uh, maybe a little thicker than Harburg, but he, I mean he's six two, six three, hundred hundred ninety pounds, but maybe pushing two hundred pounds. Um, you know, but and he he almost kind of looks like a linebacker when you, when you see him, but. Uh, he's got a tremendously strong arm, is very athletic, and runs very well too. And um, you know, I, I feel like with the offers that he has, some FCS, some high FCS offers, it's only a matter of time until maybe some some group of five schools start to start to come by and, and throw their name in the ring. And then whenever that happens, who knows what what can take off and, and happen next? I think the camp circuit will be important for him, but um, certainly Cole Payton is is another quarterback in the state. Uh, to keep a you know keep your eye on and, and pay attention to because I think both he and Harburg um, you know are are two guys that are are going to play certain, definitely at the next level and that's you know it's not something you see every year you you don't see quarterbacks coming out of the state that that are definite you know D one caliber guys at, at the next level. Well, that wraps it up here as lots going on. NFL Combine over the weekend, more Nebraska basketball as well as uh, the Huskers uh, got a great chance to get a win Sunday against Northwestern. And then the Nebraska baseball team is playing uh, the team picked to win the Pac-12, Arizona State, ranked eighth right now. So a very, very tough weekend. Hopefully we'll bolt these guys can get things turned around. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 